1: Hello and welcome to New Books Network. I'm your host, Kaveh Rafi. Today, it's my pleasure to be speaking with Professor Ali Mirsepasi about his book, The Discovery of Iran, Tari Arani, a Radical Cosmopolitan, published by Stanford University Press in 2021. Professor Ali Mirsepasi is Arbet Gallatin Research Excellence Professor of Middle Eastern, and Islamic Studies at New York University. He's the director of Hagop Khorkian uh, Center for Near Eastern uh, Studies and also Director of Iranian uh, Studies Initiative at New York University. He is uh, author of numerous books and edited volumes. Uh, to just name a few, uh, Iran's Quiet revolution the downfall of the Pahlavi State 2019 Iran's trouble modernity debating Ahmad Faradid's legacy 2018 transnationalism Iranian politics called out the life and thought of Ahmad fardi 2017 I'll just give us a few examples of many books and articles. The discovery of Iran is invaluable effort, to present a thorough and well-organized account of Taghi Arani's life and thought. Arani is a key intellectual figure in the history of Iranian politics with a multifaceted personality, a scientist, a cosmopolitan, a public figure, and a Marxist. By attending to Arani, the book filled the gap in the English literature and the intellectual history in the interwar period, as well as the history of Marxism in Iran. Uh, Welcome, uh, Professor. Um, Mirza Palsi, to the podcast.
0: Thank you, um, Mr. Rafi, and um, I um, look forward to our conversation about this book and um, both uh, the interwar history of Iran and uh, Tavi Arani's uh, thoughts.
1: Great. Uh, Happy to have you. Let's uh, start off as usually doing this podcast uh, by giving you an opportunity to say a little bit about yourself and where this research came about.
0: Well, about myself, I was born in Iran and I uh, went through my initial education, K through 12, in various uh, small towns in Iran. I graduated high school from a a city called Golpaygan, close to Isfahan. and I then entered the Faculty of Law, the Tehran University, uh, majored in uh, political science, and um, and then left Iran and. Uh, I have been living in the United States for about 40 years uh, plus and I am currently a faculty member at New York University and as you said, I direct a program on Iranian studies. I have published uh, many books. Uh, to be precise, I think I have published two books in Arsene. Um, uh, several of my books have been translated. Uh, most of my books are in English, about uh, 10 books that I have written, um, except for one um, or two all are about Iran. I consider myself an intellectual historian of Iran so um, that's where most of my book focus on. Um, as I said, several of those books have been translated into Farsi. This particular book, The Discovery of Iran, is being translated uh, by um, an excellent translator, Mr. Ramin Karimian, and Nash Rene will publish it. And we really, really hope that this fall, a Persian version of this book will be available in Iran. Um, I think that's um, that should be enough as far as my background is concerned.
1: Uh, thank you very much. It's it's fascinating. I didn't know about the Farsi translation. I think that would be great opportunity also for for Persian uh, speakers, uh, especially in Iran, and also the, the, the topic very much relevant even today, I think it's a his, a intellectual history, but so much, you know, pressing issues of today's Iranian debate on politics and so forth. It's great. Uh, so the book opens with a fascinating passage uh, about the 1934 decree uh, whereby the foreign delegates very instructed to refer to the country as Iran, rather than Persia, uh, by by Reza Shah. Uh, So, as described in the book, the event represents a turning point in ongoing debate about Iranian nationhood. Uh, So, what's the significance of this event, um, do you think? And in what way did the emergence of authoritarian nationalism of 1934 and 1935 eclipse the deeper debate about modern nation state in the interwar period.
0: Sure. Uh, thank you. This is a very um, sort of timely question at the beginning of our conversation. Um, and I But I, I need to step back a little to provide the context for this particular um, opening discussion of the book. Um, one of my arguments in this book is that there is a particular historical period in modern Iranian history that historians don't usually recognize as a, um, a specific historical period. period. But in this book, I am suggesting, or maybe maybe, very strongly emphasizing that we should consider um, the period of um, 1918, 1919 to 34 or 35 as an inter- interwar period. Um, of course, I discussed this in much details, detail in the book, but but let me give you a brief version of, of why this matters. Um, one obvious reason is empirical: is that a number of extremely important events happened during this period. Um, and to consider part of this, what I call interwar period, either um, part of the decline of Mashnuti period or the earlier part as the beginning of rise of Reza Shah uh, would mislead us in reading history. And of course, historians first aim or goal is to understand and interpret the history. So what I'm suggesting is actually very basic. It's not anything revolutionary. Is that um, if we try to recognize this particular historical period in its own, then we can learn something that would be very fruitful to us. Um, um, historians often argue that um, um, history is a conversation between past and present. In other words, every generation, or perhaps every um, other generation, needs to write its history again, because not because history changes, but because our society changes. We change and we need to um, to interpret our past uh, so that it is um, both connected but also useful to our present. Um, but if we don't recognize this particular period of time, what happens? So my argument in the book is that uh, over time we have forgotten this period. That's one. And secondly, because these years exist, no historians or even lay people would say these years did not exist. We use, we label, we coin other words to describe it. As during period of chaos, or, or decline of um, other abstract general terms that are not descriptive, and also, how would you have a conversation between what is going on today and something that you label as period of hardma? You just describe everything so negatively. Um, we cannot produce knowledge of this particular period of time. The opening of the book that you mentioned, what happened that the Iranian government in um, in nineteen thirty four really it, it came into effect in in thirty five. Um, ask all foreign uh, countries to um, to refer to Iran as Iran and not Persia, because as we all know, um, uh, most foreign countries, particularly. Um, uh, European countries um, because Iran was always Iran for most of the Arab world in the Ottoman Empire and even part, uh, partly India. But, uh, but for the Germans and the French and Americans and, and British, um, what we call Iran used to be Persia. Um, so I do two things in the book in this introduction. One is I argue that um, one of the most exciting um, characteristics of this period, interwar uh, period, was an ongoing, vibrant, rather sophisticated um, intellectual political discussion on what I call uh, discovery of Iran, I borrow the term from the uh, the Indian poet, literary figure, and political uh, thinker Tagore. Um, um, so, uh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Jawaharlal
1: Nehru. Nah, Nehru.
0: Yes. Nehru. Well, I borrowed something from Tagore, but that's another issue. Jawaharlal nah, 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 Nehru, who wrote a a wonderful book called Discovery of India, which actually influenced me quite a lot when I was very young. Um, 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 Nehru's goal of writing this book was to um, to articulate a, a history of, of, of India with all its diversities uh, in terms of ethnicity, religious beliefs, uh, and so on and so forth, and um, and he crafted a, a a unifying narrative about India, so that in post-liberation, um, a, they can achieve a democratic India, as opposed to civil war and infightings or uh, exclusions. Of uh, others, um, so um, what happened this period um, is that um, that um, as the World War One broke out, Iranian government declared um, neutrality, but nobody cared about that, and Iran was occupied by by the Ottomans, by Russians, and by the British. Um, Germany did not occupy Iran, but was very much um, uh, involved. And, um, um, And basically, Iranian state and the whole, what we usually call Iran as a sovereign state, collapsed. The Third Majlis, parliament um, um, basically had to close down uh, the um nemayandegan the, the, the Majlis uh, uh, members and um, and the members of the uh, the state had to leave tehran um, they created a little state in Kermanshah, but in reality, basically, um, um, Iranian state collapsed, or at least was dysfunctional. Um, um, and, um, and was occupied by military forces, but also... Iran, Iran as an idea, sort of the idea of Iran as a a country or as a nation, was um, was seriously challenged by a new uh, nationalist movement um, from the Ottoman Empire. The, the the group that was called at the time New Ottomans. This is very different from the Republican nationalist of Atatürk. And these folks' argument was that the whole idea of Iran is fake. Uh, As they would say it is that uh, madaniyate Iran is a fake uh, constructions by very few tyrannical Persian elite. And so, as far as this book is concerned, Iranian politicians and um, scholars and intellectuals, perhaps for the first time, um, were confronted, were faced by a a, a big movement uh, in terms of intellectual ideas by the Ottomans, uh, saying that um, Iran does not exist, Iran as a historical. Um, um, category never existed and it's a fake idea. So what I call the discovery of Iran happened because of course um, of political reasons because Iran was occupied um, and because it was also challenged by what they perceive as foreigners, Ottomans saying that um, that the idea of Iran is fake. Um, um, So to go back to your question, this intellectual, political, cultural movement to try to, you know, to be more precise, probably to rediscover Iran, right? Uh, and, And by that, by rediscovering Iran, what I mean or what these intellectuals and political figures and others were trying to achieve was to tell history of Iran that was also uh, of this time. In other words, in rediscovery of Iran, the idea was to articulate a sense of national identity for future of Iran. That was really what was important. So, um, I'm sure you will. You will ask me, and I would respond to you very specifically about some of the characteristics of these debates. Um, and I don't want to spend by far more time on, on responding to your first question. But, but um, this movement that really started. I would say in 1919, this particular rediscovery of Iran, um, included almost all notable thinkers, literary figures, the scholars of Iran and history of Iran and um, and translators, but also pre- political figures. Um, it was Sayed Hassan taqi taghizadeh who first, gathered everyone in Berlin. But of course, uh, uh, when the situation was more secure, most of these folks um, um, uh, went back to to Iran. And it included a variety of uh, political positions of the left and center and uh, on the right. And it also uh, included um, uh, people with affiliation with different uh, members of the political elite in Iran. And this is very important. So it wasn't one argument by a group that they all duplicated each other. Um, So we had folks like Rashida Yasami or Nafisi or Uh, Jamal Zadeh, Ul Qazwini, we had folks, uh, Zadeh, I mentioned, Um, uh, but we had, of course, Arani. Um, um, So it was a vibrant discussion about, to use today's term, we, we usually, we call it Iranian identity or Iranian nationalism, but it was really about rediscovering Iran and making a claim for Iran. Um, it started basically a direct, as a direct response to the new Ottomans. So new Ottomans basically said that Iran is fake. There is a group of uh, tyrannical Persians and they um, define Persians in race, racial terms. By, 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 by their race, Persians are not smart. They're not capable of doing um, um, certain matters. And uh, they're condemned to um, failure and corruption. They, they don't care about their nation. so on and so forth. So this movement started mainly uh, by Iranians in Berlin, um, um, using same racial terms, uh, defending Iran and attacking the Turks from their own perspective. So there was nothing really interesting, except for the fact that overwhelming majority of these intellectuals like Taghi Kazimzadeh, Iran Shar, Arani, and others were all from Tabriz. Were Turks too, <laughs> so in some respect, this is interesting. But overall, they used this Aryanism, what what the the, the Western nationalists use, very racialized um, language in both attacking um uh, the new Ottomans but also defending Iran. But very soon, really, say, in the case of Arani, within three or four years' term, uh, they engaged in by far more um, interesting conversation about what is the relationship between Iran and its history. Because uh, now they were conscious of the fact that for most of the past, thousand years, Iran was part of the Islamic, Arab, Turkish world. Um, so there were lots of interesting writings about um, relationship be- between Iran and the Arabs, uh, role of Islam in Iran and the Turks. but also in terms of language. You know, what was the role of Persian language and now that they are trying to articulate a new idea for Iran, knowing that there are millions of Iranians whose language, or mother tongue, as we call it today, is not Persian. What is the relationship between Persian language and Arabic and Turkish and so on and so forth? Um, and then also, what is the relationship or what should the relationship between Iranian cult- culture, language, politics, so on and so forth, be? and Europe? and English and French, you know, uh, uh, in terms of languages, but also with science. What is the nature of language? What, what is, you know, uh, educational system in Iran should be? And, um, and basically, m- many uh, important um, ideas, institutions, processes that we now call as modernity were discussed with these folks. The change name, to now come back to your original question, changing Iranian's name from Persia to Iran for foreign foreign, uh, countries, from my perspective, and contrary to the prevailing view, happened because of this impact of this debate that there were people close to Reza Shah. Of course, Reza Shah was a military person, was never involved in this. But Reza Shah, and and by Reza Shah, I really mean people around Reza Shah. Um, Furughi, Taghizadeh, uh, Said Nafisi, uh, and many others who, Either were aware of these debates and encouraged the debate, or they were personally involved in these debates, and they and they partly um, shared the vision that we need to um, to craft the or rediscover the idea of Iran. Um, so this this name change um, happened because of what was happening during the interwar period. And, you know, if you want later, I can go into details of this. And it it just, obviously, um, um, if you read the literature of the during this period, it becomes clear why the name was changed. But there is also a piece by um, by Said Nafisi explaining it, and basically that that Persia or Fars is just one region of Iran or one group of people who live in Iran. Iran is a vast country where the Turks and Arabs and, and Baluchis and others live there, and a proper name that is of the day would be Iran. That uh, includes um, everyone. Um, um, um some people have missed this. And because Reza Shah's somehow close relationship with Germany, um and, and also um generally speaking, Iran there was this uh, sentiment toward toward um um, Nazi Germany, uh, and also because the British and the French and Americans also felt that, oh, this is a, a statement in support of racial policies of Germany. So the interpretation, not from Iran, not from uh, the person who I think that convinced eventually convinced Reza Shah to change name, Said Nafisi, but from others, was that, oh, this is a racial, um, diplomatic move. Um, It's wrong. Um, However, what is true about this move, which was very significant, um, was that 1934-35, all historians have um, mentioned this. This is, I'm not... um, um, claiming that for the first time I'm, um, I, I am I'm making this argument was that Reza Shah and perhaps a few around him realized that the debate can get out of control, right? For instance, um, up to this time, Taghi Arani, as a Marxist, was editor of Donia, a radical journal, and this was legal. Reza Shah's government uh, at least tolerated it. Uh, so my argument in this book is that changing the name was also symbolically um, uh, represented the fact that the government said, enough, we know what the new Iran should be. Government have decided this, and uh, as you you know, um, Dunya was, um, was uh, the publication of Dunya stopped. Tahir Arani and the radicals, what we call the group of 53, were arrested. And um, there were a number of other events that happened, say 34, 35. And again, as um, all serious historians of Iran have already said, uh, the second period of Reza Shah's rule, um, which is where Reza Shah was a a dictator, a, um, a sort of ruled the country as a one-man um, um, political entity, started there, here. Um, and it was very unfortunate because there was a potential, I described this in later chapters in this book, that uh, Iran could have achieved a real, full-fledged what I call um, uh, uh, enlightenment movement. It was stopped and unfinished.
1: Oh, thank you. Uh, so there, there are many important you know threads that we can follow. But for for the sake of listeners, because we started with the big ideas, uh, and I think that was fascinating, especially how it lends uh, to the understanding of current political struggle in Iran as well, uh, which is a fascinating part of the history. Uh, and uh, But maybe we can shift gears a little bit to Iran's uh, to life, how, how his ideas shape, and especially about his travel to Berlin um, that also you mentioned, uh, but maybe we can... Unpack more, specifically during the Weimar Republic, this cosmopolitan city, Berlin, and also you mentioned in the book about the influences uh, in in these formative years uh, uh, with orientalists like Friedrich Rosen, Kaviani Press, and also very very much Hossein Kazemzadeh Iran Shah and his collaboration with them.
0: I'm sure that you have read this book very carefully, and you're not reminding me, reminding me of, of all of this discussion. And really, this period requires many of us writing many books to, to explain. There are so much misunderstanding about this period, unfortunately. So let me briefly um, give you a sort of bio of, of Arani. Iranii so was born in um, in um, in Tabriz um, 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 during the constitutional revolution um, um, in in nineteen o two or three. There there is there are some uh, debates on that, and um, and uh, very early in his life. His father, who I believe worked for uh, the finance ministry, um, 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 changed job, and they the family moved to um, to Tehran. Um, he did uh, most of the early his early education in um, in an elementary school, and eventually he graduated from Doral Funun. Um, um um with a high school um, high school degree and then he started at the time um um what what, what equals to a um a medical school uh, he studied at the medical school for 2 years and during this period um he became political he didn't come from a, a, a political family, and that was particularly because of the what we usually call 1919 um, concession to the British, um, uh, which was perceived by Iranian elite and intellectuals and Iranians generally as um, um, basically. Um, making the British um, uh, Iran colony of, of, of Britain he, he participated in some demonstrations against this um, um, this concession um, and um, and then he quit the medical school and he I believe there is some debate on this but I'm almost um, Sure, it is true. Uh, Arun, was a brilliant student, and all the tests and um, whatever entrance exams, he usually did extremely well. So he got a, some kind of a scholarship and um, left Iran for, um, for uh, Germany, Berlin, in, um, in 21, I believe, or 20 or 21, Um, and, um, shortly after he arrived in Berlin, he, um, he started studying chemistry in Berlin University. But so he is not a nationalist. He's a nationalist and he was very lucky for a nationalist. Um, Berlin was the center because. Hassan Tarizadeh, who was a parliament member, part of collapse of the uh, Iranian state that I discussed, went to Istanbul and then went to uh, Europe, ended up in San Francisco <laughs> in the U.S. And then in his uh, memoir, um, uh, Taghizadeh mentions the fact that he didn't know what to do in, in California, Northern California, San Francisco, um, um, went to New York, uh, New York City. Um, and in New York City, then the, um, the German counselor in the city contacted him because Germans were against the British at the time. And they basically asked him to go to Berlin. They gave him lots of resources. He says basically, um Manabe Mahdud unlimited resources and Tahizadeh basically gathered all notable Iranians, um Mohammad Muhammad Jamal Zadeh, Kazam Zadeh Iran Shah, and they created Committee Meliyo, the National Committee. Against the British, um, at this point, this was funded by, by Germans, and Kaveh. The, uh, the 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 publication Kaveh, uh, was published there. Uh, there, um, um, so Aronius basically arrived in Berlin two three years after this um, um, center was created. And uh, very quickly got involved with the a, um, the magazine Iran Shah that cousins of the Iran Shah published. This was a very you know uh, chauvinistic nationalistic journal, particularly was involved with the no Ottomans. And here Arani being 20, 21, 22 years old, wrote several articles defending Iranian nationalism using basically racist terms of the Aryan race, Iranians are so superior, those kind of things. But very soon when he started studying in a Berlin University, uh, first of all, he had um, classmates who were particularly somewhere Jewish and scientists, But he also studied under very important um, German professors who were also, uh, these were scientists, but they were real thinkers. And, um, you know, after four years, he basically um, uh, stopped writing those kind of nationalistic things. And of course, he was always interested in Iranian literature and history, but he, now he became very, very seriously involved. For instance, um, he became a, a close associate of Frederick Rosen. Uh, Frederick Rosen, a very a, a great Orientalist and a scholar of Iranian literature who wrote a, a very important book on Khayyam, 10, 15 years earlier, uh, and was the Prime Minister, uh, not Prime Minister, Foreign Minister of Germany, Weidmark, Germany, had to resign because he was Jewish. And also this this is a period where the, what we now call Nazi Germany was emerging. So this whole idea of Aryanism and, the coin kind of racism that European Orientalist um, articulated uh, early on now became uh, problematic, and and Rosen in particular, in in his book on Khayyam you know, wrote about Khayyam, representing the spirit of Iran Iranianism. A- in the second edition, deleted whole of those things, and Arani was part of that. Arani Uh, worked with Ghazmini, with Awaiqani, and very, very closely with with Rosen. Uh, On the one hand, on the other hand, he also became very... um, um, developed friendship with some leading Iranian Marxists at the time there, and he also became close to some uh, German Marxism and was introduced into Marxism. And basically, Um, I believe Arani spent um, 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 six or seven years in Berlin, and by the time he left Berlin, he had edited several books on Saadi, on Khayyam, and others. He was a very close uh, collaborator with prominent Iranian um, 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 literary figures. And also became a mentor to many younger radicals. Um, 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 there are lots of details I have to leave out, but then he, um, um, in thirty eight or thirty nine, I believe, he um, um, uh, he left. Uh, I didn't mean to say 28 or thirty nine. He left Berlin for Tehran um, because he had his uh, scholarship from Ministry of War Education Department. He started working there. And he actually rose up, now is during the Reza Shah, and became um, director of education for the the ministry. And um, within a few years, he gathered um, uh, a number of Iranian um, intellectuals, um, um, uh, including Iraj um, Eskandari um, and the literary figure Alavi, Alavi, and him, they um, they began publishing Donya. And so my argument in this book is that what we should note very um, very seriously is Arani's writings in Donia. Donia was, unfortunately, only published for two years. But Arani's writings on uh, Persian language and culture, that is where he articulated his new, and I feel very, very interesting and um, and what I call the whole idea of civic nationalism. And overall vision of a cosmopolitan vision for Iran. uh, And of course, others also wrote um, uh, essays and pieces and translations that also helped this movement. Um, uh, But unfortunately, at some point, um, the government felt that they cannot tolerate uh, not only Dunya and radicals, but but these relatively speaking open debates on um, on what nature of what the future of Iran should be. He was arrested as a leader of a communist group, which we now know this was false. Most of the fifty three never met each other. There is no absolutely no. Uh, documentation to prove that these folks were part of a a underground party or anything. And unfortunately, um, Arani died in 19, um, 1940. Uh, he got sick. Whether this was on purpose or not, it's debatable. And he died uh, in 1940, um, when he was, depending on... This little debate about his uh, when he was born um, 36 or 37 years old.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, actually, I want to uh, come back full circle to this idea of Iran's s- civic nationalism. So this is. In the in the book you mentioned this specific as a Iranians uh, shifting away from the earlier uh, period of idea of more ethnic uh, ethno nationalism to civic nationalism and the book also you particularly uh, specified these three mediums for modernization the per- Persian language scientific and rational thinking and sociological materialism that's very much entangled with Iranians new vision of civic nationalism. Maybe, I, I'm curious if you can uh, tell, tell us more about, uh, because because right now in current Iranian politics, still this, especially the Persian language, still on debates, ongoing debate, and it uh, would be fascinating if you can uh, unpack.
0: Well, um, this is another great question, but all of this to fully respond uh, requires lots of time. I hope um, those who listen to our conversation uh, would be somehow encouraged to, <coughs> sorry, to to go to the library or, if uh, possible, to buy the book. Uh, or wait, if they want, um, the book in Persian would be much, much cheaper. Uh, but uh, let me briefly explain um, explain this in a... Um, in a more sort of objective way because I am personally fascinated with Arani's idea of Iran. But some of the wordings are mine. I I want want to very precisely discuss this. So Arani was basically um, a a chauvinist, a nationalist who basically uh, made an argument for Iran based on Iran being part of these superior Aryan race. But as I said, certainly after um, 1924, there is no writings or any indications that he ever believed in this. In some of the editorials in Dunia, this is later around he he very openly and sincerely said I was stupid during this period. This was a period that everybody was so nationalistic in a chauvinistic way. And I said this word, this probably because I didn't know much and was young. And, um, And then he basically distanced himself from it. But he also writes several pieces. Of, in a very radical way, uh, criticizing what he called Boston Girayan, uh, this Aryanism, racial things, and basically uh, compare them with fascism that was now full fledged in Europe. So, that we know. Unfortunately, many of us, or even many historians, it seems that have only uh, have informed themselves of these three four years when Arani was, and the oldest was twenty three years, and there is this brand about Arani. But remember, this is this is during the period we often call it nation building or um, Iranian nation state was built or at least was debated, right? To Latin, Latin, Iranian and things like this. Um, so you couldn't escape from this. This was very important uh, um, matter. That Arani, being a Marxist radical, most of his writings that were not on science, right? So precise science, were on this matter. Uh, and. You don't see marks or angles or those kind of things in these writings. He emphasized two things. One was that future of Iran is in in the sciences. He, I cannot emphasize how much for him, um, introduction of sciences in terms of the educational system, in the cases of development of the middle class, and overall future of Iran, he felt, was in the sciences. And the way he understood sciences was very cosmopolitan. He described this in various writings. Is that he criticized what he called the... Um, um, Sonat Gryan, a medievalist who felt nothing has to be changed. He um, he criticized uh, what he called Frank Maaban who felt that there is nothing new, Iranian should just copy everything that is in Europe. He was very careful and, and in a very clear language criticized all. And he said, look, Science is of the world, and Iran is of the world. We should not hesitate. We should not bring in political or cultural matters when it comes to adoption of science and, and technology and so on and so forth. And in fact, most of the, 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 the um, essays and reports and translation in Dunya were on sciences. And in the, to to that extent, he felt that sometimes having Arabic words in Farsi is helpful uh, or Latin. But he was against over arabicizing or over Westernizing Iranian culture. He said, and this this came from the a second um, kind of sensibility that Arani had, and that was that. Um, that introduction of what he called materialist thinking in Europe. right? Now, what was called materialist thinking at the time, now we call social scientific thinking, right? Instead of conspiracy theories, instead of explaining everything through metaphysical, religious um, uh, vocabularies, uh, this was continuation of the science uh, things that he had, um, and in his attempt to discover or rediscover in Iran, the term he uses is um, materialist nationalism. Um, let me just briefly explain this. He basically is, so he is done with any all kind of ideological nationalism that um, but he felt that there is a real reason for us to love our nation, right? And the real reason is not because its history was glorious or that we belong to a race or a culture or, or language or anything. Because Iran is so diverse, and also, you know, he was critical of racism. He said, Iran as a land, Iran as there is land, there is air, there is environment, there is historical and cultural uh, spaces within which we grow. Um, our families are, um, uh, use these resources. And therefore, this country that provides us all of this, we must love it. If there is a materialist, there is a objective, I don't know how to say it, um, uh, he has a more eloquent way of saying it in Farsi. I don't remember exactly what he says, but he basically says that uh, love of our, our, our vatan, your keshwar, uses this, um, is therefore a real reason. Um, it gives us so much. And then now i use a very precise wording that he uses. Then he says, for this materialist reason, we have to love our, our nation. And then he says, which means that we have to as كوني, we need to take care of the nation. So it's not that we are proud and we go and tell everybody Iran is better than everybody else, but that in our lived experience, in our daily life, we should contribute to this nation. And his reading of Iranian history is also similar to this. For instance, he has some very interesting stuff to say about Shahnameh. He has very interesting things to say about Persian language that why Persian language played a particular role in some period and not in other period. Now, I think this is by far a more democratic, even if you want to call it radical, I would agree with that, but also um, both real and simple and sophisticated way of connecting to the nation. Right. And also to including everyone, everyone, of course, in Iran, but also to making case for all kind of other kind of nationalism. In other words, Indians and the you know, Turkish folks or people who live in Saudi Arabia, everybody should love or take care of their nations for those reasons. Right. So I put and I feel. I think you sort of mentioned this. This was also compatible with Arani's notion of cosmopolitanism, right, of science. Um, of course, to be also critical, um, Arani struggled quite a lot on the fact that what Nehru also struggled. And that is, okay, so this notion of care of the nation um, is a, really a democratic or republican, uh, that's why I call it civic nationalism. We have civil duties toward our communities, small and large. Uh, so it's not cosmopolitanism of, oh, I don't care, wherever I, I have good time, I belong to that place. Now he's, you know, he's not uh, uh, sort of purely Kantian uh, cosmopolitanist. Um, but but then the question is, what is the unifying element, right? Um, um, in his later writings, irony does not come very clearly and openly and make the case. But it seems to me that he still feels Persian language plays that role. And one can say, okay, that, that's important. We have to discuss it. Unfortunately, Ar- Arani this does not discuss in any depth this issue the same way that he discusses it early on when he said um, the government by force should have uh, kids in Tabriz and Azerbaijan learn Farsi and learning Turkish should be forbidden. Uh, although he critiqued himself very clearly on those, but I believe that he needed few more years. Or, forgetting about him, If it wasn't for the fact that in 1935, this whole movement uh, stopped. And by the way, Iran Shah, who later actually um, left Berlin, went to Switzerland, and created a movement, a movement for um, cosmopolitan peace. Um, So these are very important. We don't have time to go into this. The, The intellectual movement, that started this whole process of the discovery of Iran would have achieved probably something more um, valuable. Uh, for that reason, I call this whole thing a um, incomplete project, and I believe that um, that Arani's project was incomplete. Uh, Arani died in the forties, and the so to the party later. Was established, but the debate and discussions after um, after Reza Shah, um, lots of interesting things happened. But this conversation never continued, and unfortunately, when it so something like this continued after the fifty three coup, this was Basghashdehchi return to self. It was anti Enlightenment, anti cosmopolitanism.
1: Thank you very much. I I, 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 was thinking to ask you about this unfinished project. You already uh, mentioned this. I mean, there is lot to unpack, uh, unfortunately, yeah, because
0: I have time. For any both these large questions that we usually ask, I would be happy to um, clarify any anything that I uh, neglected to to mention.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, I think I think that was a great conversation. I'm, I'm i really would like to uh, have a chance to ask you about uh, your projects at hand, books, any books you currently you're working in, and uh you know uh what we would be you know uh expecting for a future uh which direction well, do you want happy to
0: I I'm happy to say that I just finished two books. that are in the process, but the book that is very close to my heart uh, is a, a memoir. I have been working on a book that covers my my own education. When I say memoir, is not a biography with all details. It's a book about how I grew up in these little towns in Iran totally outside of Tehran or any big city and how what was my education was my what was my relationship with my teachers classmates and eventually when I went to University of Tehran uh, how was the situation there and then um, uh, my involvement with in intellectual circles and eventually the revolution in Iran which was um, a very dramatic um, experience for me. This book title is The Loneliest Revolution. Um, there is a subtitle, but this is the title. And Edinburgh University is publishing it. And, um, and it's in the process. I, I'm very much hoping that in four months, the book will be out. I have finished... Another book, which has nothing to do with me or modern world, um, is, a, um, is a new study of the um, Iranian Muslim thinker, Ghazali, um, in English usually we refer to him as al-Ghazali, the most eminent late 10th, uh, um, early 11th century philosopher, theologian, um, from Tuz, actually, from Iran. Um, This book is about the reception of Ghazali in today's West. I I don't know if you know or not, but um, the latest, or it it may be that um, Salman Rushdie wrote something recently, but I, I think I have missed, but one of the latest novel that uh, Salman Rushdie mm-hmm. wrote is about Al Ghazali. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are several films and several books about him. So this is a book that I started eight years ago and finished about a couple of months ago. This book is in 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 process, and the very latest is that Cambridge University has asked me to consider. Um, Um, leading a major, major um, research project on Iranian, uh, modern history of Iranian political thought. Um, I am talking to colleagues. I don't know if I want to do this or not because this would be a multi-volume, huge project. But if I do it, I will probably spend the next five years of my life working on that.
1: Uh, exciting project. I'm really looking forward to reading uh, the books, especially the memoir. Uh, I'm, uh, it's really interesting. Uh, thank you, Ali, uh, for taking your time today. I, I really learned a lot. I always appreciate your scholarship. Uh, it's very much resonant, uh with me. I And I have enjoyed you know, the opportunity today to engage with around these ideas about this interwar period, which, which is your book greatly, uh, recovered, especially this period, which had been little, you know, uh, yeah. discussed. Um, uh, thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much. I would send you a copy of my memoir. If you don't hear from me by November, December, send me a note, but I would make sure that you have the copy. Thank you. I enjoyed the conversation and good luck with your future project. Thank you. Bye-bye.